in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unopinion. My name is George Knapp. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. And this is a patrons only exclusive episode. We love our patrons. Thank you all for being patrons. Want to get you a little bonus content. And today, Chris, I think we're going to be going back into Naps News. Love Naps News, dude. I have really become, I'm like checking Naps News to see (laughs) what stories he's sharing with us. He doesn't do it every day. It's only like every three days, every four days. So it's a little weird. I don't understand the cadence because there will be some days where you get Naps News twice, like back to back um, on consecutive days. And then he'll go like three weeks without sending anything in. (laughs) So there's no like rhyme or reason for Naps News. All right, good. So it wasn't just because I started following it. No. This is standard operating procedure for George Knapp. It could be three days in a row. It could be a month. It could. You never know when a Knapp's news is going to drop. Yeah. <laughs> hey, slow news days happen to even the paranormal and conspiracy world. That's true. That's true. Especially the paranormal and conspiracy world. If you've ever been on UFO Twitter, there's just a lot of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, what did Stalin say? There's years where weeks happen and there's weeks where years happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good old Stalin. Good old Stalin. Gotta love a good Stalin quotation. The man knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was talking about. Well, today's article, Chris, we're going to get a little true crime with it. Oh, dude, not true crime. No, it's going to be great. Jack the Ripper's identity revealed by newly discovered medical records. Historical true crime. Yeah, that's why I thought you'd like it. I'm... My interest is peaked. Well, you know what's funny is, are you familiar with like uh, armchair detectives or like internet detectives, Chris? I can imagine what this would look like, yes. Yeah, you probably have a good idea of it. There have been a number of documentaries about these people, and it's folks that like want to solve crimes. And they have Facebook groups and like forums they talk about. And it will sometimes be active crimes where they're just like internet sleuthing and trying to track down who they think did it in the community whenever like a nice white lady gets murdered or something like that. But there are ones who do historical murders as well. Like there is still a thriving Jack the Ripper investigative community online. This is incredible to me. I I've, I remember hearing Jack the Ripper relatively early in my childhood being somewhat interested in it. But even back then, I have never really had a real love for true crime. I just mm-hmm. don't like thinking about people being murdered. I really like true crime. I watch all of the true crime documentaries on Netflix. Um, and I've been watching the Hulu ones too. Like the recent ones that came out, like the one about Hillsong and the Duggar family, smiley, happy people. Those ones I also enjoyed. That's more like pedophilia though. So you got to like it when they catch the pedos. Yeah. I, I don't think I just want to watch any of it really. I just, I've never loved it. And I think it had something to do with, I was a, 
I remember I must have been like in ninth grade and I read Helter Skelter, which is the story of the Charlie Manson murders. And it's written by the lawyer who prosecuted the family and Charlie Manson. And I found out after, you know, I think like 10 years later or something that he made a ton of it up. Like a lot of Helter Skelter is fake. Yeah. And I was just like, I really believed everything that was in that book. Mm -hmm. Because I thought it was the prosecuting attorney telling me this is what he heard from Charlie Manson. And a lot of it was not the case. Mm -hmm. That like he completely made up a lot of the story. And for me, it just like completely ruined all of true crime. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, when someone betrays your trust like that, because you would think the prosecuting attorney would not be lying about a case. And also, I became incredibly skeptical of all attorneys after that point. That's very fair. You shouldn't trust attorneys. You should not trust attorneys at all. They really are mostly terrible people. Well, Chris, luckily scientists aren't, and they figured out who killed Jack the Ripper. So let's dig into the article. Let's go. A former police volunteer claims to have discovered the identity of the figure behind some of the most shocking crimes in British history, unmasking the 19th century murderer who terrorized the nation as Jack the Ripper. Sarah Bax Horton, whose great-great-grandfather was a policeman at the heart of the Ripper investigation, has unearthed compelling evidence that matches witness descriptions of the man seen with female victims shortly before they were stabbed to death in 1888 in the East End of London. What was this lady's name again? Uh, Sarah Bax Horton. Do you think Sarah's whole family has been researching the Jack the Ripper murders? From like the her great great grandfather or whoever, how many ever greats it was. I mean, I significantly hope so because you always like there's that cliche of the old police detective who has that case that he can never let go. What never if it was go. just genetic where right. everyone in the family couldn't let it go? Well, I'm almost more thinking of like National Treasure where there was passed on through the family the secret yeah. knowledge of the. Map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. And but this is the the terrible secrets of Jack the Ripper. She just has a hundred and forty year old police file in the attic right, that she constantly exactly. goes to. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, and it's been meticulously like scribed yeah. on by generations of mm -hmm. this woman's family. What a beautiful, beautiful moment. Her detective work has led her to Hyam Hyams. Hyam Hyams. What a what a name that is. Okay. That's a, a kind of a crazy name. Weird. It was 1888. So who knows? It may be Jewish, so we need to be careful. That's true. Uh <laughs> it's it's patrons only when we can be slightly <laughs> more offensive. <laughs> it's fine. Hyam Hyams, who lived in an area at the center of the murders, and who, as a cigar maker, knew how to use a knife. Okay, was, uh, all right. <laughs> that that not, feels like they're reaching. Uh, not too compelling so <laughs> far, but let's keep going. The, there, 
that's not super compelling, but that's oh, yeah. Keep going. He, he was an epileptic and an alcoholic who was in and out of mental asylums. His conditions worsening after he was injured in an accident and unable to work. He repeatedly assaulted his wife, paranoid that she was cheating on him, and was eventually arrested after he attacked her and his mother with a chopper. Ooh, a chopper. That sounds like a horrifying device. Chopper. I'm assuming that a chopper is like a butcher's knife. Something like that. A cleaver, maybe. Yeah, like a cleaver. Yeah. Significantly, Miss Bax Horton gained access to his medical records and discovered dramatic details. She told the Telegraph, quote, For the first time in history, Jack the Ripper can be identified as Hyam Hyams using distinctive physical characteristics. Okay, uh, so far I'm not terribly convinced. Uh, but I will be say I will I will say that epileptics should be approached with caution. I mean, Julius Caesar epileptic and epileptic. He was, he was. He was. You know that might be a a fun conversation that we need to have. Uh, maybe we can somehow figure out how to do it through coast to coast AM. But uh, th- uh, there was this interesting professor giving a conversation about tyranny and what the actual, where the actual ideas of tyranny come from. And it goes all the way back to like early Greek civilization and the tyrants were typically populists. Oh. And so the elites would not want people thinking kindly of tyrants. So wait, so were they actually tyrannical or was it the elites labeling them as tyrannical? It was the elites labeling them as tyrannical because they're getting their property taken from them. They're typically doing like Mm -hmm. essentially land redistribution plans and stuff like that. Yeah, I I believe that. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that story from the ancient Greeks, but I believe it. Yeah. So I, I just choose to accept that as valid now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I like it. <laughs> that fits all my priors. So yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, <laughs> so, so coast to coast PM now a pro tyranny podcast. <laughs> pro tyrant podcast. We yes. love our tyrants, folks. All right, back to the article. The victims were prostitutes or destitute. Their throats were cut and their bodies butchered in frenzied attacks with the authorities receiving taunting anonymous notes from some someone calling himself Jack the Ripper. They are some of the most infamous unsolved crimes. So he was leaving notes every time he killed someone or for a certain number of people? I believe he was sending the notes uh, to the police. And really? Yeah, and I think this was one of the first serial killers to do that. I mean, we didn't really know about a lot of serial killers or if they really existed uh, previously. But that's honestly the way to get known is by taunting the police with notes. That's how you make a serial killer legacy. Right. Yeah, let's Um, maybe not let's maybe not like glorify that too much. Well, not glorifying it, but it's effective (laughs) because if you think about it, the Zodiac killer (laughs) The Zodiac yeah. Killer only killed like five people. Like those are pretty only, weak only. numbers compared to most serial killers. Right, right. But Ooh. why does everyone know who he is? Because he would send weird codes to the cops. This is why I hate true crime. <laughs> Dude, this there... is the whole reason I, well, he only killed five people. Well, you know the drill. You've been listening to a special patrons-only episode of Ghost to Coast PM. If you want to help support the show, keep us on the air. Keep us running, much like your local NPR station. you got to throw us 
a couple of bones. Uh, for as little as $2 a month, you can sign up for a Patreon. $2. That's barely anything. That's not even a cup of coffee. Uh, and you'll get bonus episodes of the show and also early access two episodes of the show because we drop our episodes as soon as they're cut on patreon sometimes that's tuesdays sometimes that's wednesdays sometimes that's mondays if you don't got any bones to throw us that's totally fine you can listen to us every thursday where we drop our main episodes on the free feed but honestly regardless thanks for listening we appreciate you we love you we hope you have a great rest of your day and we hope you enjoyed this rather brief but delightful preview of our patrons exclusive episode number six.